Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary. And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Daily Dose. Hello, Dr. Mary. Hello, lover. How are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, everybody, it's kind of like we've taken a huge step up and we now have uh, money for a, a dual location shoot, which is funny because, of course, we have no money for Daily Dose. But uh, I'm in our basement in our winter studio. And Dr. Mary is in his office at Minnesota State University, Moorhead. He likes to keep a fairly um, moody office. Dr. Mary, is there anything you'd like to show off since we hardly ever get to see you in your native habitat? Um, okay, let's... Oh, otherwise, here we go. Uh, there's my lava lamp. Very exciting. We can barely just see the top of it. Oh, there. There you go. <laughs> I have a water anything feature else? back here, which is... Yeah. I have a water feature which is annoyingly silent. I wanted a relaxing sound of water, but this thing makes no sound at all. That's it very disappointing. Yes. And I have you have a great piece of art from Quinn from a million years ago, kind of I a Van do. Gogh piece. Let's see if I can actually pull this off here. Hang on a sec. Oh, there we go. Oh, look at that. See that? Kind of yeah. Van Gogh pointillism. And then please go yeah. to the poster that my brother Evan made you about 20 years ago. So it's a like a 1950s biker. I'm a plant cell biologist. You can't beat that. Nothing cooler <laughs> by far. There, there, is, there, is nothing, there is nothing cooler than that. It's absolutely true. Very true. It's very true. Dr. Mary, I'm tired today. Yesterday was a really long day. I know. You tell us all about what you did yesterday. Well, I left the house about 6.15. I went to pick up my good friend, Julie Blem, who was a guest of ours, um, I think maybe in November on Daily Dose, Dr. Blem. And Julie and I drove to Bismarck for uh, the First Ladies Recovery Reinvented 2021 conference. So the conference went from 9.30 to 5, and then Julie and I drove home. So we got home about 8.30 last night. So it was a really long so, day, but go ahead. Mention two of our former guests. Yeah. So I actually, there yesterday was kind of a who's who of Daily Dose. So this is who spoke yesterday on the stage. Uh, Dr. Melissa Henke, who is with the North Dakota PHP, uh, Professional Health Providers, I think it's called. Uh, Jonathan Holth, who was an early guest of ours, um, sent us the uh, coffee mugs, if you remember that. Dr. Grant Severson, who was an early guest of ours. Representative Shannon Roris-Jones, who was on with us in the fall. Uh, and then the First Lady. And then I got to say hello to Adam Martin from the F5 Project. So it really was kind of a uh, Daily Dose Guest Thursday reunion of sorts. Of course, we were missing Dr. Mary, which was lousy, but sometimes we have those day jobs which pop up and take yeah. precedence over these little projects. 
Um, but I was really, really pleased for the first time ever to uh, live in person get to share a little piece of our story um, with this audience, both in person and online. It was really a, a remarkable day. Um, Dr. Joseph Lee, who's the president and CEO of Hazelden, Betty Ford, was the first keynote speaker. Wow, incredibly impressive man. And what what I think he helped me realize was that North Dakota is leading the country in this kind of work. And of course, it's because our first lady has this pretty significant platform. I mean, you know, there are only 40 first spouses, excuse me, 50, 50 first spouses. And so for her to take on this platform means that she has had an incredible opportunity to take this to a national level. I think she's been to the White House five times now under two administrations. Uh, she is on the board of Hazelden Betty Ford, was on the hiring committee around bringing in Dr. Lee. He was incredibly impressive, um, spoke a lot about gratitude and, um, you know, sort of how we need to be on the front end of dealing with alcoholism and addiction as opposed to reacting to it on the later end. How might we start talking to children, young children, about alcohol addiction, those sorts of challenges, so that when they are confronted with it, they have a working knowledge of it, as opposed to waiting until they are 25 and perhaps already heavily addicted to something and then trying to manage it. So that was impressive. Um, Dr. Valerie Earnshaw, who's a shame and stigma researcher around addiction, came in and talked about this massive study that had been done in North Dakota and praised us as a state for turning in so many surveys all around how we talk about alcohol and addiction. For instance, uh, just in this past legislative session, the phrase habitual drunkard was struck from the language of how we talk about addiction. So Dr. Mary, I'm curious to know what you have what what does that phrase conjure for you? I, actually, I, I didn't say this to you yesterday when you mentioned it because I had to look it up and I had to do some double checking when I was applying to become an American citizen because one of the boxes says, "Have you ever been a, a habitual drunkard?" So really, yes. So I thought, well, I have to check this because I am a recovering alcoholic, and then I found out I didn't because it shouldn't have been on the form. Because an habitual drunkard, by definition, and this went all the way up to the Supreme Court, is someone who either has failed in treatment or didn't seek treatment, who is bankrupt and has lost their house. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I will be honest. It's got an incredibly negative yes, connotation it to it. And it is coming from such a profound place of judgment. It's also someone who has a criminal record for being. Drunk. Oh, okay. So no, you are not that, uh, mercifully. But I'm going to look it up because I thought, yeah. well, what do I do here? But they said, no, don't, don't take that. Well, here's what I was proud to hear. Going forward, nobody in North Dakota will be labeled a habitual drunkard because it is no longer a legal definition. And so no policy making going forward that is dealing with alcoholism or addiction can use that phrase. And policy makers have been educated 
policy writers have been educated in person first language. The same way you don't, you would never call somebody a habitual cancer patient. No, no. Because yeah. can and cancer can return in people multiple times. It's a disease. So I, I think, you know, um, one of the things that Dr. Mary and I have talked about a fair amount on this show is his absolute commitment to alcoholism being a disease and my slow acceptance of it or slow uh, um, understanding of it being a disease yesterday just continued to further impound into me the notion that yes this is a disease and so why are we criminalizing it why are we penalizing people for it certainly it has very, very dangerous ramifications, both for the individual addict and for the people who are in their lives and for random strangers. There's still a tremendous amount of drunk driving that ends up with people being killed, all those kinds of things. But the person is not a bad person for having the disease of alcoholism. And so every step forward that we take from a policy standpoint and from a personal understanding standpoint just continues to um, humanize the people who suffer with this as opposed to vilifying them and, and othering and labeling them. So I, that was really, really interesting. Um, you know what, what is in, sorry to interrupt there. No, go ahead. I, I have, I've talked to many people about this and I mean, you've been to the small village I grew up in. You've walked I, down the high street. How many pubs are there in that small high street? Yeah, many. There's, I think there's seven. <laughs> And that's not because everyone there is drunk. It, it, those local pubs, in no one drinks and drives. They don't have to. They can walk home. Yeah, yeah. And what you know, what they could do in, in even in Fargo. I'm not suggesting let's make pubs everywhere, but you know, look, open it up. Have have local bars. You know, you have to have a noise ordinance somewhere. You don't need a parking lot. If you have a parking lot, people to drive there. You don't need one. People can walk. If, and if people want to go and have a drink and walk home, even if it's minus 10 outside, it's doable because, you know, Safe. we all yeah. shovel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Mary, we have a question. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, I can't see that bit. <laughs> this, of course, is my mother. She'd like a survey done on how many science professors in the Midwest have fairy lights up around their office. I think we can probably do that survey right now and safely assume that it's a comprehensive survey and that the answer is 100% of uh, Irish plant cell wall biochemists who have a twice a week program called Daily Dose yeah. have fairy lights up in their we office. Could, so well, if you want, for... we could do a quick tour of the corridor outside between the <laughs> chemistry and the bioscience department. I, I bet you I'm the only one. Yeah, you are uh, you are a minimal minimal number on that one. That's a small. I, I am. I think in statistics they call me an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, the last two. Um, there were actually three more featured speakers keynotes. A woman named Lori Johnson Wade, and I ran out of time to look up the name of her um, organization, but wow, she was incredibly impressive. A woman who's been in long, long, long-term recovery, she and her husband both, who have just impacted thousands of people in their community simply by saying, let us be a safe place for you to come 
judgment-free to start the long healing and healthy path to sobriety. So she was fabulous. Jonathan Holt, as I mentioned, a, a former Daily Dose guest, talked about what they are doing at the Toasted Frog to enable their employees to safely get sober. They pay for their um, treatment. That's, that's just brilliant. They pay for them while they are gone and they have their jobs when they return. It was really amazing to watch that audience start to think about, oh my gosh, I could do that. And the governor's challenge when he came back out was, why aren't we talking to employees about this as an incredible asset to help fill the 30,000 job openings, to help make North Dakota a viable place for people to move and live, because they know that if something happens in recovery, or excuse me, in addiction in their lives, their jobs are safe. That is a huge attraction and retention bonus. Yeah. bonus. Um, and then finally, Dr. Melissa Hankey talked about uh, Narcan. So she was on with us. I got trained in how to use Narcan. I have my oh. own two doses of it now. Uh, let me say this. I hope I never have to use it. Yeah. But um, everybody should have it with I them. I was thinking it's working out how to get us one, actually, in case we're just there. Well, we now we have it. Yeah. Um, it's It's amazing how easy it is. It's it's a nasal spray. Yeah, you're just going to hold um, the head back, right? And spray yep. And here's the other thing that I thought was incredible. We have a good Samaritan law that says, um, I believe this is correct. Let's say I'm the person who sold the person who overdoses their opioids. If I administer Narcan and call uh, the, the police or call 911, I cannot be arrested for trying to do the right thing to save somebody's life, even if I'm the cause of the overdose. Yeah. So that's a really important step, again, yeah. in making sure that people don't die because of a fear of, of um, being arrested. You know what actually makes well, it worse? If you are the dealer and you don't do anything, that's worse for you. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a powerful day. And I feel really, really fortunate to have gotten to go and spend the day with him and to speak a little bit yeah. about our story. Yeah, I, was, I was fortunate between why I could, you know, all the stuff I had to do that I couldn't get the day off to actually, I, I caught you just between faculty meetings and teaching again. And I, um, the doctor who was get from university of Delaware, who gave the speech on stigma, I caught most of that while I was waiting for you to yeah. come on the stage because I was watching the, the live stream. It was, it was actually quite interesting. It really was. North Dakota is leading the way in terms of how we are addressing this, but we are also the number two state for suicides and uh, our opioid addictions are through the roof. Our alcoholism is yeah, through we, the roof. Actually, we are the worst state for alcoholism. As number well. two, we've been downgraded one state. By they South Dakota. But we are still the second highest yeah. binge drinking state in the nation per capita. So we have a lot of work to do but I was really proud to be part of continuing that conversation around uh, letting go of shame and stigma and hiding in this disease. Actually, here's something that North Dakota does fight with with some people. And I, I had this conversation with someone when I was in rehab and I've talked to people about it too. I know we're running out of time. 
but someone once said oh yeah north dakota's got the worst um you know drink dr drinking um ratio and someone said oh, it was because of the reservations i said well it isn't if you go to any rehab center look how many white people there are there it's not reservations that, are the, that it's the problem it's it's you know it's it's thoughts like that that give it more stigma too unnecessary well, right and that uh, make assumptions that all native americans are and alcoholics and they're yeah. not no i i will say the most powerful moment yesterday was something that they've done at all five of these conferences which is called the recovery countdown so everybody online who wanted to was able to submit their days months and years of sobriety and everybody in the house was invited to stand up if that was a piece of their story and then they worked their way down so online there was a woman who was practicing who was celebrating her first day of recovery <laughs> all the way through another woman celebrating 50 years yeah. and in the room there were people from a matter of days and weeks all the way up to 46 years of sobriety it was extraordinary to be yeah. in that room and to look around and see hundreds of people stand up and no longer be ashamed of it but celebrate that they were on the path to recovery so dr mary congratulations for your years months and days which are how many uh four years eight months three weeks and five days not that you're counting no i was really really proud to be part of that community yesterday and honored to get to speak so uh i think they're going to to put the videos up and uh, when they do, we will share the link so that if you weren't able to join in yesterday or you want to go back and watch pieces of the day, it was well worth watching. Whether you are actively suffering from addiction or alcoholism or know someone who is or not, we all owe it to our neighbors, colleagues, employees, friends, family to be more educated around alcoholism, addiction, and to speak about it differently and better and to recognize that people are trying and they're doing the best they can and recovery is a piece of the journey. So yeah. I think that's everything. Anything else from you, Dr. Mary? No, I just think it's it's incredibly powerful that someone in, in, in her position as the first lady of a state would actually, I know it's dear to her heart, but she did this. And, you know, I gotta put take my hat off to her husband. He he was there supporting. Absolutely. Yep. But did you feel like this wasn't a political stand for him? Hey, he wrote for re-election thing. He was just there to support his wife, right? You know, there's not a lot of political capital to be gained from addiction and alcoholism. Yeah. I'll just but, say again. But the we, stigma, the fact that he was there with her all day. Yeah. I think that was quite impressive for him as a Absolutely. human. Absolutely. Yep. So it was a good day. Dr. Mary, you have a good day today. I will. I'll see you when I get home, love. All right. Everybody else, Thank we'll you. see you on Thursday for a pre-record with Erica Rapp. Um, Erica lost her dad to alcoholism. So tune in on Thursday at 830 for that pre-recorded conversation. It's an important conversation and um, we'll leave you with a lot to think about. So have a great day. We will see Bye. you back here live next Tuesday. Bye.
Thanks so much for tuning in to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and DD. If you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L.com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.